Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and Force users of all ages. Welcome back to Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast where we get to the guts of what makes Star Wars meaningful to us. I'm Dino <laughs> Nicandros. Like Quest people. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome uh, to you so Star Wars podcast. <laughs> I'm Dino Nicandros. As always, I'm joined by Alyssa Simmons. Hi, everyone. Daniel Dawson. Hello there. And we are stepping once more outside of the Tauntaun. Again? Because we gave you the Star Wars episode. We gave you our token Star Wars episode. <laughs> we're going right back out. But we're right back out because Marvel is uh, is producing material at light speed after two years of nothingness. And we are covering episode one of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the new Disney Plus series. This is episode one, New World Order, directed by Carrie Skoglund, written by Malcolm Spellman, and by God, we're Marvel fans. Oh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Well, that was quite the change in, oh, wow. in, in tone and tenor. So quick, we were out. We were in, and then we were out. So th- this is this is this is nothing against Wandavision at all. It's obviously it's, we liked it. We covered every single we episode. Of it. We, I think it is fair to say we we loved it. Very much loved Wandavision. Yeah. The 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 opening sequence of the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, was a big. Big Slashy. hug from Marvel saying, <laughs> we, we gave you the cool edgy stuff, but welcome home. Welcome back yeah. to the oh, stuff you, you know and love. Yeah, you wanted the pew pew and the I wanted some pew pew. Yeah, I needed a little pew pew in my life. And Wow. I mean, they, they really did not spare any expense for that opening sequence. This wow, is a Marvel wow. film. No, it's a whole entire freaking movie, it's a movie in the first episode. Damn. So, I mean, I- right off the bat. We're we're getting long. Well, we're only getting six episodes. We're only. Right. I sound yes. like I'm being a selfish. Yeah, brat. what a Aww, child. We <laughs> there are six episodes, and this one was forty five minutes long. Yeah, yeah, about. it was like an actual full. Length, I I uh, have to say, and it sounds like the next one is going to be fifty. So wow. So well, and one they have six episodes, as you just said, but this feels like the right length. As great yeah. as Wandavision was, I was I went to bed frustrated. Yeah, you're like, oh, it was so short. Just, well, it's, I, it's funny it, too. It did always like, leave I, us wanting more. Yes. Which yeah. I think it was brilliant. Good, it's, but yeah, it's I, just I, like, I, I've like had friends that were like, oh yeah, I watched uh, Wandavision in one day, and I was just like, oh my god, how the fuck did you? I was like, oh yeah, that's right. They were like two seconds. They're long. about twenty right. minutes long. <laughs> you could get so. through it really fast. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's jump right in. And as we said, uh, it picks up with a bang, but uh, you get kind of a, a great reminder sequence of of where we are and where we left Sam Wilson. Right. Uh, when last this we saw him. six months later, right? Right. This is six months after Avengers Endgame, the blip. Everybody has come back that was lost. And when last we saw Sam Wilson, an elderly Steve Rogers had come back through time after having lived a long and fulfilling life with his the love of his life, Margaret Carter, he gives Sam the shield and and basically anoints him as the next Captain America. So we open on the shot of of Sam ironing his clothes and and there sits the shield on his bed and he looks at it. Guys, I'm already gonna say it. There's an iron. That means Iron Man's coming back, everybody. That's what that means. We're going to Let's That's okay, I mean. let's get this out of the way now. I, I would like to because I didn't participate in uh, our episode nine of WandaVision and I didn't give to, get to give any closure, I'd like to publicly apologize. Oh, sure. For every theory that I thought had <laughs> any remote possibility of happening. Right. You should uh, not apologize because they did that on yeah, purpose, no, Dio. That was, yeah, that no, was the but, whole that was one of the whole points of that show, which is misdirection and mystery and I did the thing I swore that when we started this podcast, I think I even said it out loud that I wasn't going to go internet message board diving. Uh, it's so easy to do and that. And w- 
especially now with TikTok. Good Lord. And so people who were upset with how WandaVision ended, and there were people that were, they were only upset because they invented because of themselves. They invented, they invented all of things the... that yeah. weren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. And right. we all bought it. <laughs> yeah, we did. And the really WandaVision did. people are like, we never told you that was happening. <laughs> yeah. You I know. I've read yourself. so. I've read so many articles like Jack Schaefer just being like, "I I have no idea why anyone thought we were going to be introducing the X Men." <laughs> like, well, and, and I think I think I think, <laughs> and I think they said something like, "That's a really great idea. Why didn't we think of that?" They, they literally, yeah, right, yeah right. there's a there's a quote from her, and she's like, "No, casting Evan Peters like that was like not intentional." at all like as far as like making everyone freak out about that which is funny but yeah i it may i it definitely uh i mean we're definitely digressing but yeah that was a, a misunderstood uh, not i mean um uh uh they underestimated the fans mm. yes yes but but uh I apologize because I will not be doing that with Falcon Winter Soldier. You say that now. We're going to definitely record this moment and play it later. <laughs> I am endeavoring not to um, to come up with some, some just absolutely ludicrous Magneto-style uh, conspiracy. All right. And just so everywhere, I was being facetious about Iron Man. Obviously, we can make some modern, modest predictions, but I will not be participating in (laughs) just (laughs) the ridiculousness in which I participated in. It was fun though. Just it was absolutely so so much fun, fun, and I don't regret it. Like what a great nerdy roller coaster ride we went on together. Yeah. Anyway, Um, that being said, so yes, we. we see Falcon Sam Wilson is back working with the Air Force. He's on a mission uh, to track down a hijacked plane or a plane that is planning to be hijacked by a group called LAF. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know who they are. They're a terrorist group. We're we're in the skies Little above anus. Yes. Thoughts. Yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds right. So we're yep. in the skies above North Africa, <laughs> and this is a direct parallel to. I'm still uh, about Captain America. Uh, There's a direct parallel to Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, the opening moments of that, when Steve is in the plane uh, as he's about to jump down on the Lumerian Star, you have Sam Wilson standing in the back, getting ready to jump out, and uh, his commanding officer tells him, oh, "Keep it subtle." He's like, "Subtle, got it." And he just free falls <laughs> out of the plane. I'm like, oh, that so looks fun. like Captain America to me. Yeah, it also kind of the um, that the the backwards jump out the plane was a very much like a callback to that was Steve uh, Rogers. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. so effortlessly cool and awesome. Um, very cool. This is the, he's in his prime. Like we we've never seen him fight this like cool before. No, I mean, he's not the sidekick anymore. Certainly no. not. And his new set of wings are. Uh, oh my god! Just. Up. Yeah, the first time he like opened him up, I was like, <laughs> like using that there is a falcon. We let out a falcon cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I uh, yeah I don't know how to a- like adequately express how awesome this whole sequence is. So I'm not going to try. No. So he watch it, Pooping everybody. Pooping yeah, of pants you've happened. watched it if you're listening to this, hopefully. And so he uh, he lands a on the, the plane that they're tracking and he finds out that it's already been hijacked. And in the cockpit, we get a familiar face. If you remember <gasps> yeah. Fal- or, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, we see old Batrock the Leaper played by George's St. Pierre, famous wrestler, boxer, Stunt performer. Turned, turned actor who now mm-hmm. uh, uh, sole purpose is to beat people to a pulp. And That was honestly some of the coolest fight Oh shit my that, gosh! Like, in in um and the winter sorry, in, in the Winter Soldier, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Like he, that, he and that Steve thing where he, like, duke jumps it out. up and he's like kick, 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 like in air. I, I, I it's hard and to explain, the, but yeah, in the comic, so no, cool. well, he's called Batrock the Leaper, and in the comic, he's absolutely ridiculous because all he does is kick and. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but cool little callback to see that he's still around, and kicking. Yeah, uh, he's still <laughs> kicking. Um. <laughs> So uh, 
On the ground, we have a Lieutenant Torres, played by Danny Ramirez, who is serving as kind of the point man on the mission, and his eyes, Sam's eyes on the ground. Keep that name in mind. Mm-hmm. You're going to be real important. Yep. I'll tell you yep. why yep. later. Yep. Um, so through some just unbelievably awesome fancy maneuvering, Falcon is able to uh, save their target and oh uh, that okay so i I, i'm gonna say out of that whole sequence like one of the coolest moments for me if not the coolest moment was because i don't don't think i've ever seen this in an action movie before but the uh the slicing off of the fucking helicopter oh uh, yeah of the 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 rotors yeah that was so cool just everything about it and just the 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 weaving and dodging and then like the he gets the bright idea with the, the missiles behind him to to fly through the helicopter, grab yeah. his target, and then the missiles destroy the helicopter. Like, Very uh, cool. Very pew, 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 pew. So yeah, great. Just a fun action-filled yes. romp. Nerd boners. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That should be a segment for, for that. Oh, yeah. We had cute for Mandalorian. Oh, We're right. going to say nerd boner. Nerd boner. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I like that. I don't Nerd ad- boner. No, I don't approve of this I don't, I don't endorse it. I apologize. Aw, <laughs> oh, damn it. I can't. You were so um, close. <laughs> so, mission accomplished. We see Sam do some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, we then cut to Sam and Torres at a cafe. I believe they're in Tunisia. I wanted and that coffee so bad. Yeah, I know. It looks oh, so good. I wanted that, Ar- that, that Arabic coffee. Remember, Daniel? Arabic coffee, Arabic coffee. <laughs> this shit's delicious. So uh, Sam's Sam's fixing up his his jet pack, his wing pack, we'll call it. And Torres is briefing him uh, on a group he's been following online called the Flag Smashers. Mm-hmm. Now this is uh, we're going to take a, a bit of a detour. In the post-Endgame world, I think it's really interesting that they're diving into online radical groups. Right. And you immediately think of kind of the far right and the far left. Yeah. Oh, that, they're, they're commenting totally. real hard. Totally. You know, like, this is Proud Boys and Antifa. Like, totally. Just, mm-hmm. Like, to a T. So I think it's it's cool that... Well, am I right? It wasn't really necessary post-Endgame. It actually started, like, during the blip, right? During the blip, right. But, yeah, I, yeah. but as as our antagonists post-Endgame, this is really interesting yeah. and really organic development. Yeah. So uh, the Flag Smashers, we learn, are an organization that wants to do away with all national borders and thought, thought the blip turned out to be a good thing. That Right. Uh, it was just easier. So th- these are like the, war- the world order. It occurs to me that without knowing it, they're kind of Thanos acolytes. They're like the Saints, totally. so bad. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, re- it relieved the stress on the system because mm-hmm. billions of people disappeared. Yeah. Uh, so we're seeing kind of the increasing radicalization of of the world after an event like that. Um. A little background from the comics on the Flag Smashers. Uh, their name comes from... It was actually a singular supervillain called Flag Smasher. Mm, and weird. He's, he's, <laughs> he's from the 1980s when Cap- the Captain America comics, that's when they introduced Falcon, and that's when they kind of got really modern. Uh, yeah, if, if there were a sort of comic for you to read um, to go in with this series... It's it's all the the Captain America stuff from the eighties. Yeah, for right. Sure. It's so, so so good. Yeah. Uh, and the original Flag Smasher, uh, his name was Carl Morgenthau. Which keep that in the back of your minds. Um, Martin Landau. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he he was part of a. a but this is a, a, another way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has kind of combined two different ideas into to create something new but mm-hmm. uh so so this guy more uh Carl Morgenthau he was the head of a group called Ultimatum uh 
which stands for the Underground Liberated Totally Integrated Mobile Army to Unite Mankind. Oh. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, bro. It can't, it can't just mean ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so if you flash for... <laughs> I'm never going to repeat that, so don't... <laughs> And their and their main thing is that they they don't do ultimatums. <laughs> they don't. Yeah right. Yeah right. <laughs> they don't believe in them. I hate them, but that's just, our name. But it means something right. else. It, <laughs> I don't believe in ultimatums. They stress me out. <laughs> so so we're gonna fast forward in the episodes. Just bear with me. So you have Carl uh, Carl Morgenthau. So if you'll remember later in the episode when we actually see the flag smashers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's seemingly a woman who's handing out masks to people at this gathering. Yeah. Uh, and w- I think uh, this is the character played by Aaron Kellyman, who if, uh, because we are a Star Wars podcast, you'll know her as Enfys Nest from Solo, A Star Wars Story. Oh, yeah. She, if you look in the credits, is playing a character named Carly Morgenthau. <gasps> Uh-oh. Ipso facto, she's probably the leader of this organization. Mm-hmm. Probably. And that's a cool tie-in. And we'll talk more about that later because we haven't really formally seen her yet. But She's the curly red-haired lady. <laughs> right. Yep, yep, yep. So, so that's the Flag Smashers. Yikes. They're kind of... And Sam, Sam has a great quip about them. He says... Uh, great bad guys with bad names. Is that a new thing? And... <laughs> And just, I mean, just, it kind of gets to the point, you know, it's just it, when you, well, when you hear Flag Smashers, it, like, I know exactly what they're about. Well, and it's poking fun at, I think, at kind of the moment America's in right now, where we have all these these clubs with really stupid names. And Well, I, I, I'm going to go. I, I don't know if I've normal. Se- I don't know if I've said this on, on the podcast before, but I know I've told you guys before, but the Proud Boys, they're literally, their name is based off of the song from the Broadway musical Aladdin. Proud Mm-mm. of your boy. Mm-mm. Proud of your boy. That's, <laughs> that's you proud of your boy. Are you serious? Boy. That's what I am they... legitimately serious about that. Look it up. It's so oh, fucking stupid. Dear God and I'm in heaven. <laughs> God bless them, though. You know? No, don't. don't. But also, I'm not no. blessing them at all. No, I'm not doing that. No. Well, uh, that. We need to go ahead and ratchet down. Ratchet all that down a little bit. Yeah. Um, so they're having so Torres and Sam are having an interesting conversation, kind of about uh, about the Flag Smashers' worldview, and and Torres kind of remarks, "Well, you could kind of see why they a lot of people find their ideology appealing because for some people during the blip things got better because there's a less uh, there's less taxation on the system, you know, there's more to go around, and." And Sam has a great line where he says, trust me, every time things get better for one group, they get worse for another. Just such a profound right. really good statement. And I think that was the first, uh, at least of this series, that we've dipped into um, what inequality looks like in the MCU. Mm. Yeah. And it's 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 pretty, yeah, and they, 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 we get more into that later into this episode. Yeah. But, but just, sure. but just, I mean, just, uh, just from a ten thousand foot view, look at that statement and apply it to, to really anything, and anything, it's, right. it's kind of true, yeah. right? If 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 I, I'll, I'll I'll do something really rudimentary and unimportant. Say say, uh, Daniel, you are cast in a role that I was up for. Right. Or Daniel gets cast in all the roles. That means that somebody is getting cast somebody in else zero is not. Roles. It, yeah, you know, right. and it's not even passing judgment on it. It's just like that is a fact of life. Right. And yeah, and totally. we know what Sam's talking about though. I mean there there there's the racial component and we also know that it would be the exact opposite. You would book all the roles and I would Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. know. That that's I don't that that was not the point of that metaphor. But. Don't worry, there are no roles right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Now to be fair, no there's nothing to take from us because it's already been taken. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm joining the Flag Smashers. <laughs> um, and then um, uh, Torres asks Sam uh, about Steve, and you get this really entertaining moment of like, I've heard all these rumors. Uh, there was one that Steve is on a base on the moon, kind of watching over us. and <laughs> And this was actually a... Uh, I mean, this is a deep cut to a, a, a Marvel 
comic run where uh, Nick Fury actually went to live on the moon as a watcher. Mm. I mean, it's not far off where 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 we are right now. With Nick Fury, Nick Fury is up there, like somewhere. yeah, he is right. In space, it, it, I think it's them poking fun at our our knowing that like right. there yeah. actually yeah. is somebody up in a space station <laughs> orbiting Earth watching us. Yes. That, and also, I mean, you know, let's just put it out there. I mean, I, I know we're not going to, we don't want to, you know, d- dig too deep, but they they do. Mephisto. Miss Mephisto. It's 100% Mephisto. Mephisto or bust. Um, oh, no. no. I was looking uh, for hexagons in every scene. <laughs> yeah, also same. Um, no, 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 I was going to say that uh, um, in the episode, they never ever say that. They I think that they, the words that they keep on using is that, that. Captain America is gone. They don't say that right. he's dead. They just say that it's he's only gone. been six months. So unless he passed right. away right after his conversation with Sam, yeah, he's probably still around. He's probably still around maybe. somewhere. It's just like, but but where is the question? And and it, will that even be answered? You know, if he maybe shows not. Up in this series, at any point, I'm going to cry. Oh my god! I think yeah. some. Silly but, people were expecting maybe that he showed up in the first episode. I was reading, a, so I was crazy. reading a couple of things online. And I was like, "You guys!" I, I'm fairly certain though that the creator of the show, or at least one of the writers, or maybe I don't remember, but they they were actually pretty adamant that that he definitely was not coming back. Or it, it may have well, Kevin Feige said that that was who it was. Yes, and they said it when rumors surfaced that that uh, Chris Evans had potentially signed a deal to do one more movie. Mm. Um, I doubt it. That being said, well, you know, I wonder. I if have no was, doubt it's possible. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'd be curious to know what the context was of that statement because, you know, maybe he was talking about the films and not the TV show. Well, and what? And... Okay, here, here, see, I'm already breaking my rule, but oh boy, here we go. This All isn't right, a theory back, so much. Play back th- Dino's speech right. from three minutes ago. <laughs> this isn't so much a, a conspiracy so much as kind of a taking what Kevin Feige said and how he said it. So mm-hmm. so Chris Evans said uh ne- uh you know he's not coming back and right. and what Kevin Feige said was Chris sounded pretty definitive. Oh, mm. uh-huh. And I was kind of like okay, oh, that's interesting. Oh, all right. All right. Anyway, so like, Steve Chris Evans thinks he's not coming back is what you're reading into. So it, Steve is, is still out there but we think, but yeah. Well, they they were very very um, cautious to not yes. say that he's dead. Right. Yes. But but to be fair, the public believes is operating under the assumption he passed away. Right. Well, they basically protecting I mean, the, 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 this this. Um, I mean, I think we're about to get into it, but it, like it, yes. it almost opens like we're going into a funeral. Right. And they yeah, and the, the and they moment. And uh, if you'll remember in Spider Man. Uh, Far from home, they eulogize him at the beginning of the movie with mm, Iron Man right, and, right. and Black Widow. So everyone thinks he's dead. Sure. So as as you said, Daniel, we're at the Smithsonian, and Sam is uh, eulogizing Steve and talking about how he mastered stoic poses and uh, and uh, he he then kind of waxes poetic on how we we need new heroes suited for the times we're in mm-hmm. and then uh goes on to say that symbols are nothing without the women and men that give them meaning which is hmm. another they, they've delivered some really great lines so far yeah, there's some good writing going on and sam gives up the shield mm-hmm he presents it to the Smithsonian and gives up the shield because he... Well, we he, should... I, I don't know if you mentioned it before, but, I mean, you know, he's just, like, he doesn't... He They, they played the... Um, the clip from... From Endgame. Yeah. From Endgame. Yeah. From Endgame. And he just feels like that it doesn't belong to him. Belongs to somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the room, we see Colonel James Rhodes, Rhodey, our first uh, MCU cameo. Good to see him. Yeah, um, who uh, he he and Sam are kind of kindred spirits, uh, just on who they lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, they like lost Tony their... and and Steve. And, yeah. Totally. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how their relationship blossoms, and of course, 
Oh yeah, they're War- gonna make out for sure. War, Ma- yeah, they're gonna make out for sure. Um, <laughs> they're and definitely gonna bang. Uh, of course, War Machine is getting a series, so look for the seeds of that to be mm, planted sprinkled here. Sprinkled on in, yeah. Okay, so uh, Steve, or not Steve? I'm sorry. Sam and and Rhodey are are walking through this Smithsonian exhibit, mm-hmm. and there are so many Easter eggs here. So if cool. you if there was a moment to pause, pause here. Just if you love Captain America, because there's so many great s- stuff. There's um. A photograph of Steve Steve Rogers uh, before he came as Super Soldier. Uh, photos of Steve and Bucky that are lifted directly from the first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have to say, I watched Captain America: The First Avenger in in preparation. I watched all the movies, but yes. um, I forgot how weird looking what <laughs> they did <laughs> with his small, like teenage boy body. <laughs> yes, yes. The weird thing about it, I mean. Okay, so the movie now is, like, 10 years old, whatever. Right, right, right. The weird thing about it to me was that, like, they didn't really shrink down his face too much. Right, so it looked like his so face So it looks like, a, like his giant features. Right. Uh, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, mean, I completely agree with you, yes. <laughs> well, I love the line, like he had a giant head. Totally. I love the line Tommy Lee Jones has in the movie. He's like, you brought me a 95-pound asthmatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so good like, in that movie. Uh so so you see some pictures lifted from that um uh there's some newspaper headlines one to a uh, one pertaining to a mystery man saving a child from nazis in new york which remember in captain america steve saves that kid from drowning mm-hmm. uh celebrating 400 prisoners liberated which steve did in that movie mm-hmm. um uh and then another uh, headline of U.S. bombers hitting hydro factories that happened in that movie. Uh, you see Captain America's motorbike from World War II, um, a list of all the vanished uh, from the blip. Mm. Right. Uh, so this exhibit was obviously erected post Endgame. Um, and then oh, and a uniform, lot of those names of too, by the way, um, of course, are Marvel. Um, employees, yes. and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it, a really cool exhibit. Um, uh, and Rhodey kind of explains how how geopolitically screwed up the world is. It's broken. Alliances are in tatters, and everybody's looking for somebody to fix it. Hmm. And he he pushes on on Sam on 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 why he didn't take up the shield. And as we explained earlier, he said it, it just it belongs to Steve. It belongs in a museum. It belongs in a museum. So we then get a, a shot in a we're in a Eastern European hotel. Oh, you know, I was gonna say really quick. I yeah. I don't really know if this was an intentional thing, but I mean, it struck me. So I mean, if it wasn't, then like like good on them. Regardless, um, they they show like a a, a kind of a a close up of. Um, what's his face looking in looking at the shield like you could see oh, like Sam. a reflection yeah Sam yeah. is like looking at the shield yeah. like a reflection of it kind of thing and it yeah. and it's on his left <laughs> and I was like that's so sweet and so yeah anyway gosh yeah, I didn't see that but now it makes me sad yeah <laughs> <sighs> Maybe we should call it here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm in for my listening. feelings now. That was a good episode. <laughs> uh, so we 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 cut to the interior of some hotel. Um, <laughs> and it's a very jarring sequence where a man is pulled through a wall by a vibranium arm, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, we see the Winter Soldier. Bucky as the Winter Soldier. What is going on here? Has he reverted to his psychotic behavior? And he's just murdering people in his classic Winter Soldier style. Uh, (laughs) My dad was like, my dad was like, no, was he bad again? No. (laughs) For a moment, I was like, what happened? They they tricked you. They tricked you. So Bucky's murdering people. Also of note, Henry Jackman, who scored... uh, Captain America Winter Soldier does the score for this and you hear the blaring kind of chords that 
accentuated Winter Soldier His in that film, times. which was cool to hear those again. They're very mm-hmm. alarming. Uh, he he then sees this uh, this kind of young adult trying to get into his hotel room and he pleads with him and and says please i didn't see anything please just you know let me go and as bucky shoots him we then quick cut to bucky waking up from a horrid nightmare uh he's he's interestingly enough he's sleeping on the ground yeah i thought that was and this is a deep cut because Sam and uh, Steve had a conversation the first time they met about how they can't sleep on mattresses anymore. Because right. in the military, they were so used to sleeping on the ground that uh, sleeping in a mattress now feels like they're sinking to the floor. And, or like sleeping on marshmallows or something. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's, cl- it's, it's clearly that way for Bucky. So interesting to see him all disheveled on the floor. Fell asleep watching uh, football. Yes. Football. A foosball. Uh, so then we, we progress to a scene uh, with a Dr. Rayner, his therapist. Rayner. Uh, I have to say, this is one of my favorite Marvel scenes of all time, I think. Oh, it was great. Very it was really good. great. I, I was really alarmed by this uh, by this uh, therapist's approach and how abrasive she was. But then when she finally explained like where she was coming from, I was like, oh, no. And and the fact they gave this scene air to breathe. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it was a longer scene. This is is more uh, psychological development for Bucky than we've we've seen thus far Mm -hmm. or that they've allowed. Oh, also, I don't know, um, a fun little Easter egg, if it is even an Easter egg, but like it just seemed like it was a very prominent like specific choice but the um the wallpaper behind him um like i, I was like it had such a specific choice of wallpaper I, I don't i don't know why i thought that it like sort of represented like sp- like springtime or like you know cuz he was the winter soldier and now mm. he's sort of like it's free yeah anyway so they have a a very fascinating conversation um i love how it's framed how it's really tight in on and kind of their eyes and their heads and kind of playing up the psychology of oh yeah uh, that like downward angle on yeah. their face yeah uh-huh. just, just really off-putting but yeah totally unsettling and uh, uh, like, uh, just, like just to note um dr rayner was played by amy aquino who's yep. literally been in just a million things all but... the things you would know her from uh, Big Love, Brothers and Sisters, Private Practice, Glee. The list goes on and on and on. But she's she's fantastic. The fact that they got they were able to get her in this one episode is awesome. Yes, she's getting paid a large amount of money. I think indubitably. So she asks him, "Are you having nightmares?" And he says, "No." She's like, "Cut the bullshit." I I know when you're lying. Um. And, and we quickly learn that his kind of prescribed coping mechanism uh, for his past life, for all the people he killed, for which he has been pardoned, uh, his coping mechanism is to make amends. And there is a three-step process, or, or rather three rules uh, that need to be followed at all times for 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 him making amends with people. So he's describing a situation with one... Senator Atwood, who Bucky explains was a hydra plant, mm-hmm. basically in U.S. Congress, that Bucky helped put there. A fern. And so to take her down, um, he has to follow these three rules. And the three rules are, number one, you can't do anything illegal. Number two, there can be no violence. And number three, uh, you have to explain that you're no longer the Winter Soldier and that this is part of your effort to make amends <laughs> and then smile. Yeah. <laughs> and Which so was we find... so alarming to see him smile. And we, <laughs> yeah. Like... And we find out during this, this sequence that he absolutely did something illegal. He hijacked somebody's car remotely <laughs> right. Two, yeah. he breaks the face of whoever was in the car with Senator Atwood, <laughs> but he does follow <laughs> rule number three. He did, yeah. He did rule number three. Okay. And he did the said, smile. I, I'm no longer the winter soldier and you are part of my effort to make amends. <laughs> <laughs> and this stupid smile is so good. 
Yeah, he's like pretending to be the Boy Scout so hard. But but I uh, I I love this for him that like the he's he's being given a chance to make up for the things he himself didn't do. He sure, did them, right. but he didn't do them. Yeah, yeah which is such an interesting look on the psychological ramifications of brainwashing. Yeah. On, on st- you know, when you're recovering, when you're trying to heal, being like, okay, well, I know that that wasn't me, but it it was me right. also. Like, I know so you how do I? but it wasn't my fault. How do I? My so, fault. again, you know, we explored so much of, you know, mental health stuff in Wanda. This is a... This is an entirely new level of... Different side of it. Yeah, trying to figure out how he fits in the world not being the Winter Soldier anymore. and Yeah, like right. guilt and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so super, super fascinating. And we're obviously going to be exploring a lot of that right. in the series. Deeper. Um, and we get a we get a... A quick, very quick look, and this was another moment to pause. A quick look at the list of names that Bucky is checking off. Oh yeah, uh-huh. uh, his list of amends. And so, of course, there are names on here that are not there accidentally. Um, I'm on that list. A Rostov. Uh, so this could belong to uh, one of two Marvel characters. Um, the first being a guy named Andre Rostov, also known as Red Barbarian. Uh, he was a f- former general in the USSR's armed forces, uh, a really brutal guy, uh, and he worked at a gulag that in the comics, uh, Bucky was uh, temporarily imprisoned in. And mm, alternatively, yeah, this could be a reference to Andrei Rostov. Uh, he's entirely different. His codename is Agamemnon, and he was a Russian revolutionary who briefly dated Black Widow. Mm. Also fits. Fascinating. Um, uh, there's another one, P.W. Hauser. Uh, he's a, a character who appeared in a run of Nick Fury comics in the 1960s, and he was a Nazi. Mm. So he he was he was a Nazi. He was a Nazi. He was a Nazi. Um, H. Zemo. I think we know who this is. This is Helmut Zemo from. Mm-hmm. Captain America Civil War. He is the Sokovian intelligence agent who pits the Avengers against one another. Right. Who will be factoring very heavily into this show. Yeppers. Um, There's a Len Kaminsky. Uh, He was a writer and assistant editor at Marvel Comics for a number of years. Worked on Iron Man, War Machine, and Venom. Cute. And he also created the character of Bucky's sister, Rebecca. Oh. And this in this episode, we find out he does indeed have a sister, and we've never heard of her before. So interesting. Uh, uh, Doctor Kutznetsov, uh, he was active in the uh, Marvel universe during the Cold War. Uh, he created a sentient robot for the purpose of winning the space race for the USSR. Yikes! And then finally, <laughs> there is a Steve Whitaker. Uh, he worked on V for Vendetta, ah. which oh, makes dope. a ton of sense. Uh, yeah, good movie. Oh, I want to watch but that. It's now. A, yeah, fantastic movie. But remic- y- when I, when I read this, because several of these people I've never heard of, so when I stumbled on Steve Whitaker, I was like, feels like a clue. Uh, well, l- kind of look at what they're going for here. It's yeah, a, no borders, flag smashing, mm-hmm. anarchy, anarchy, anarchy. Yeah. So interesting list. Um, uh, there was w- there was one line from this, uh, well, two lines that the that Doctor Rayner says, and uh, if you're alone, that's the quietest, most personal hell. Mm. Yeah, when talking mm-hmm. about kind of re- you know being stuck in his own mind, mm-hmm. and 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 she says, "You have your mind back. You've been pardoned. You're free." And he replies, "To do what?" <laughs> right. Yikes! Yeah. Um, we Who cut, am I? We cut to a scene in an alley. We're in New York, and uh, there's an elderly Asian gentleman who is taking exception so to a another younger gentleman putting his trash in his can. Uh, we find out this man is named uh, named Mr. Yori Nakajima, 
And it struck me, here comes Bucky to kind of rescue Mr. Nakajima in an alley in New York City, much like he saved Steve in an yeah. alley in New York City. Yeah. Which was kind of sweet. That is sweet. Um, I have no idea if the other kid's name is important. His name's Unique. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. that was... I don't know wh- why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so we we find out Bucky and Mr. Nakajima have li- live close to one another, and uh, they go to lunch fairly regularly. They're kind of companions, which is really nice. Um, and they're having lunch, and uh, Mr. Nakajima gets Bucky a date with the girl behind Very the counter. Forward. Her name uh, is Leah in the show, but she's played by uh, Miki uh, Ishikawa, who. Um, I was kind of crushing over because she's really good looking. She's She's super cute. Yeah. She's like super cute. And if like it doesn't work out with the psychopath, just let me know. (laughs) I mean, if she's listening to the podcast, you know, you can always uh, reach out. That's all I'll say. Um, (laughs) But uh, so he kind of gets set up on a date and it's, it's just funny. I, 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 uh, resonated with with bucky during this because he's talking about online dating oh uh-huh he's from 1943 keep in mind so right yeah he's a hundred and so, what is he he's 106 106 now? yeah so he's he's talking about all the weird pictures all these pictures with tigers and, <laughs> and it's so true everybody has a picture with an exotic animal it's like right. what is going on in this picture like why um so i i feel you bucky um we then we kind of come back to the conversation with Mr. Nakajima, and he's talking about he's, he's reminiscing about how his son uh, was taken. I, apparently, I was not paid paying like good enough attention because it did not occur to me that it was the same person. Yeah, like, until much much later. A pretty devastating development that we find out Bucky, as the Winter Soldier, killed his son, and it quickly clicks in your mind that. This is his way of making amends. Yeah. Yeah. Spending time with this guy. Spending and time and yeah. trying, to, like, trying to make be sure the he's son okay. That he never yeah. had kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or the son that he used to have, I guess. You're filling in the void. Right. And and so they go on this this day. He's back at the restaurant, and she she talks about how the there is no name there's no uh, name for the pain a a parent feels for losing it a child and this sends Bucky over the edge and he leaves and he goes was it something I said (laughs) yeah Uh, he goes to see Mr. Nakajima and he uh, he hands him money for for lunch but he he catches the picture of his son and yeah he has like a little he has like a little sort of prayer shrine set up for him and there's incense burning so so bucky's suffering with this on yeah how he's gonna tell him um so that's kind of where how long this has been going on because it sounds like it's been going on for quite some time because they're like you know good friends at this point so that's kind of where we leave bucky we pick up with sam he's back with his family in new orleans nolens nolens um, uh, we see his sister Sarah, and she's been running their family fishing business and raising two kids during the blip. Yikes! Whoa. Uh, and Sam's back. I love that they call him Uncle Sam. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Obviously a a nod. Yeah. Right. Um, and and she talks about their financial struggle struggles, and you could imagine people having them after after everything that's happened. So right. he offers to help her get a loan um, or, or to go to the bank to, to secure a loan so they can keep their business afloat, keep the family boat, etc. cetera. Uh, we then quickly... Such a poet. You didn't know it. Uh, we then quickly cut back to Switzerland and we find Torres uh, is actively tracking the Flag Smashers as we talked about early in the episode uh, and this we... had the, this had the QAnon Antifa oh, oh kind yeah. of vibe Absolutely. where every, everybody 
kind of picked a point to meet and they all hand out masks and uh shocking development Highly we find organized. out we find out one of the members of the flag smashers is real real strong like yeah. like yeah. super soldier yeah, super superhuman situation very mm-hmm. concerning and uh before Torres can really do anything about anything he gets his face literally stomped in. Ooh, I, I thought, thought he was dead. I thought he was dead too. Yeah. To be aged. I mean, well, here's yeah. the thing, and I, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but for some reason, I, I kind of have a little sus on him. On Torres. On Torres? Yeah. I. Okay, interesting. I'll, I'll address it though. I don't think you need to be suspect of him. Okay, the, great. Just my yeah. opinion. Well, you know, right. just because. And and honestly, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know say this at like. These characters are probably the the least that I know about in the MCU, Fair which just makes this so exciting to watch because I'm just like I'm just very like. Who well, then are I these want people? then I hesitate to to even broach that with you because I'm more familiar with the Captain America characters than I am with Wanda and Vision. So got it. I don't want to ruin anything for you then. Well, I don't know because well, here's the thing. I mean, they they might go a completely different direction. Well, well, and mm-hmm. and that's true too. Is that However, it's presented in the comics is not exactly how it's presented. Yeah, yeah and also course. I just I think that like from from my experience from watching you know all the Captain America movies is that he seems to always be set the he's being set up to fail. Like you know what I mean? The, right. Right. People are working against him. Right. And all the time. Some Poor kind bastard. of yeah. Mm-hmm. People that he's supposed to be trusting are not to be trusted. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So uh, so Torres is in pretty bad shape, but. He did get a video recording of this, which will come in handy later. Um, mm-hmm. So we then cut back to the bank. We're back in Louisiana, and uh, so many banks. Sam and Sarah are are applying for this loan, and the guy behind the desk. Uh, microaggression, microaggression. Yeah, so right. So many microaggressions. Right. But you get a great insight into um, what superhero life actually is like. Yeah, if you're not yeah. Tony Stark, right? Yeah, and that was that was interesting to me, and something that I for some reason have never thought about. No, <laughs> no, and yeah, and uh, so the the banker asks him, "Is there some kind of fund for heroes? Did Stark pay you? Because your yeah, your how, financials are all how do you guys all... normally get paid? Right, and yeah. your financials for the last five years are all over the place, and it's kind of like, well, duh. Well, he was not First around. And did. Sam says, "Well, it doesn't really work like that. There's there's lots of goodwill." People want to help, which kind of makes superheroes sound like a charity mm. situation. Or, mm-hmm. But then he talks about how he's able to supplement his income with these new government contracts he's working. Um, it just, it, it, it's interesting. They're not, <laughs> Sam Wilson is not a rich man. And, and most of the Avengers aren't either. Mm-mm. Right. I mean. It's like, how are, how are they getting by? Yeah. The, yeah, uh, that, I suppose like when the Avengers like compound, you know, because I'm reading um, the new Avengers comics mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now, and there are you know these sort of like compounds where they they like house them, right? But like right, right now when we're sort of in this like intermittent time, the world is at you know relative peace. I, I think in the comics, if I remember right, they they were sort of making their money off of like government contracts and that. Kind yeah, of thing, it was, but, it's all um, yeah. Which he does hint at here. He's like, well, know. and I imagine the Avengers facility that we see in the movies before it's destroyed is is largely paid for by Stark and or the yeah. government. Yeah. So it's got a lot of money. So, um, the, but yeah, the, also, I mean, it, it, it's um, it's interesting to point out that I mean, because it, it felt like to me that um, this scene was very much a a, a social commentary on like the BIPOC experience, you know, yes, to absolutely mm-hmm. inequality. Totally. Yeah. Um, trying uh, to get a loan and not being able to get one. They're like, oh, well, you know, you haven't had income for such and such amount of months. Or, uh, well, and, and that's where she says, well, it's hard to have income oh, when you also, don't exist. and also, like, just assuming that he was uh, a famous um, sports LSU football player or something player. like that is like, yeah. that's that's a microaggression. You yeah, know? an LSU football player. And, which Sam Wilson absolutely could be because the man is built, but oh, it's yeah. totally a microaggression. Of course. Of course. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um but but yeah, they say well, it's hard to have income when you don't exist. And, <laughs> right, right. But Sam Sam is keeping his cool, and he's like, well, you know, 
I, I we're, we're reevaluating our model and our business plan. And w- I know we are eligible for an SBA loan, which if you've lived during coronavirus times, that was like hearing the hearing the word SBA loan is like, Ugh. my God, mm-hmm. <laughs> every everybody applied for one. If you yeah, own a small I- business, you applied for one in the last year. Yep. And the banker says, well, the terms changed when billions of people just reappeared back. Yeah. Or well, in the case of the United States, you know, tens of millions of people. But um, uh, well, it's kind of like going back to um, when the housing market crashed, you right. know, because back then they were just giving money away. They're like, oh everybody get, you know, because they were they, they knew what they were doing because mm-hmm. they knew that like, they were going to be able to claim all that shit back after people like had their mortgages go upside down. Um, but like after that happened, they're like, "Oh, we're not going to give anybody money anymore." Because... Right, and and the banker says, "Well, things things have tightened up because of that." And and Sarah says, "Funny how things tight always tighten around us." Hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Another yikes. Yeah. So they leave without the loan, and and Sam is intent on helping her do it, however he needs to. Um, and this is when Torres is contact uh, Torres contacts Sam. We see he looks like just utter crap, and he tells him he's he's tracking this group, and that one person in the group in particular was really friggin' strong, and it reminded him of. And he doesn't say it, but mm. you kind of get the feeling that they're both thinking super soldier here. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of off putting for Sam and. Sarah walks in really distressed and turns on the TV and we have the Department of Defense uh, staging a press conference in which they are uh, introducing a new Captain America. And it's the grandpa from Up. (laughs) Daniel. (laughs) Um, he literally looks like the guy from Up, but like in a Captain America costume. <laughs> and and out walks a guy in a Captain America uniform, uh, played by Wyatt Russell, who we will learn this. It is common knowledge. He's playing John Walker. Mm-hmm. And has a very famous dad. Uh, who uh, has a very interesting history in Marvel Comics as both a hero and not so much a hero. Yes. Uh, and in a recent interview with Wyatt Russell, because I'm not, I don't want to jump too far into John Walker today, because I want to wait for sure, him to sure. like actually be introduced. But yeah. but the way Wyatt, a different direction. The way Wyatt Russell described him, uh, very complicated. Number one, so it's going to be a Shades of Grey thing. No but doubt. This guy was a Marine where Steve Rogers was never a Marine. And and the reason that's interesting is Steve's whole worldview, when he jo- wanted to join the army, was like, I don't want to kill anyone. I yeah, just right. want to deter bullies. Uh, John Walker is a killer. Yeah, right. Like, very uh, and he, he's depicted that way in the comics. He is a brutal, brutal killer. Well, yeah. it's interesting too that like they when they introduced him and he walks out like he has a gun um in his holster, which is like unusual for and and there's just something character. there's not I wouldn't say there's something sinister about him, but there's something false yeah about yeah, yeah right. for sure this is definitely like a military guy who is being paraded out there to do something he's not super comfortable with. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is going back to my whole idea about being sus of everyone, basically. Because um, it almost feels like um, the that the guy that was announcing Captain America, what's his name? Um, I can't remember, but he's like some general guy, right? <laughs> um, yeah, the, I, the, uh, the secretary. I mean, I don't yeah. think we know his name yet. Yeah, we I don't, know, oh, we don't, I don't even think they've even yet. said well, his name. Yeah. He's going to be somebody. Like the, the people are... Um, they're they're going they're I don't know it just seems like everybody's against Sam like they don't want him to be Captain mm. America kind of do you know what I mean yes um, yes and uh you know because they I think that then when they took when they took the shield back like when they put it into the Smithsonian I think they knew all along they're like okay yeah, good course. now we have it now we can well see and, it and the guy even says to him you made the right decision thanks for coming forward with the shield yeah they, so they two were things are at play here influencing him 
two things are at play here. One, it's there's absolutely the racial component with Sam. A hundred percent. But two, and this struck me before the series even began. Remember, Sam was a fugitive with Steve. Right. Be- before before Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, they broke the Sokovia Accords. Right. They never signed them, and mm-hmm. they they were defending a mass murderer. And that, and that this is how they're going to defend their choice to make right. this guy the Captain America instead. So of the Sam. fact, I mean, and they'll say to Sam, the fact that you're not in chains right now, you know, yeah, you should be in thankful. prison. Then just be grateful. Yeah, right. I also put this on Sam for coming forward with the shield. I know why he did it, but I'm like, damn it, yeah, Sam, foresight, dude, foresight. Yeah. So I I mentioned that I've been reading the new Avengers, and when the new Captain America stepped out i was like that's not captain america that's u.s agent yeah right so i did a little bit since i'm you know just reading new avengers on kind of like his story so he was like very first um brought in as super patriot yep and then he replaced captain america and then they made him u.s agent right so and he is an interesting character in the comics i mean The Avengers are not warm and fuzzy about him. No. They're not he, warm he and fuzzy. He is an R-rated and... character. He is. So he this is, is going to be. <laughs> this is going to be interesting to say the I'm least. I'm looking forward to it for sure. And he winks at the camera, wink. Which we know, at least as so far in the MCU uh, TV series, when people are winking at the camera, it's not Yikes. good news. So it was Agatha. Daniel, I don't want to go too far down this road, but Do it. circling back to Torres. Yes. So we're assuming this guy, his name is Joaquin Torres, who okay. is heavily featured in some of these Captain America comics we were talking I, I'm about. I'm pretty sure I think I know where you're going, and but but yeah, and it's so it's okay if you if you feel like you're gonna he, spoil some things because I he I think becomes Falcon when right. Sam becomes yes. Winter Soldier. All right, not yes. Winter Soldier becomes Captain America. <laughs> well, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, uh, when, when, when Sam like eventually takes on takes... the mantle of Captain America. Right, exactly. Um, uh, but maybe the road to that point it will be very know, different. Yeah, it, maybe it's oh, yeah. wavy and yeah, because mm-hmm. it does feel like, um, at least so far, like the Kevin Feige MCU experience is like you know, um, point A and point B are or point A and point C are pretty much the same as the comics, but the point B is what's really, really different. So, okay, this is where things get a little nuts and there's nothing happening. So the the credits. Right. Mm. Oh, my God, so many Gang. little nuggets in there. Oh, my God. So number one, and these are blink and you'll miss them. So I had to go look at screenshot after screenshot to, to uh, yeah, same. nail these down. But there's three really big ones. The first being, um, there's a piece of, number one, they're beautiful. Like the graffiti is just like, yeah, they're mm-hmm. nailing they're cool these credit sequences. WandaVision was the same way. Um, so there is a, a reference to the power broker. Yeah. Mm. Tell me about okay. that. Cause that's something I'm really unfamiliar with, but I know so it's a big deal. He's a scientist who creates Mr. super soldiers. Scientist. And he oh. has ties to both Joaquin Torres and uh, U.S. Agent. Uh huh. Okay. So is he? Is, I mean, I mean, maybe he's not the big baddie, but maybe he is. Ah. Uh... Uh, he he could be conducting experiments, and that could explain why the Flag Smashers have a Come super soldier. And hmm. you'll note in the piece of graffiti that it says, "Power Broker is watching," and right, right under it, there is a blue vial of super soldier serum. Mm. So, I mean that I, that's like such a huge hint. <laughs> like, I, you know, th- it's telling you that that's the that's kind of where we're going. Yeah, yeah. The second, are you ready for some X Men theories? Here we go. I think I know what you're talking about. Go. So for this it. was even harder to. I d- I didn't see it. Like when I was actually watching, I did not notice this until after I went diving afterwards. Uh, there's a very quick picture of the flag of Madripoor, which is an island nation from the X-Men comics. Mm. Uh, 
and and the city itself is divided into a high town and a low town and it's important because high town has been uh is known to house criminal organizations like hydra and mm. uh, uh somebody from the daredevil comics um what's his name uh kingpin who's okay. a big oh. villain the daredevil yeah 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 um and and there's some some kind of like news blurb in this Wait, is kingpin this... is that is that fisk uh oh what's it is that his name? Fisk? Is it Fisk? I think it is. I, I loved the Daredevil Netflix series. It was so good. God. And didn't Vincent D'Onofrio play him? Um, uh-huh. At some point. Pretty sure. I'm not yeah, as well-versed King, in Daredevil. Kingpin is Fisk. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. I good call. Things. Good I did job. not remember that. Uh, but there's a little news blurb under the flag that says, forces from neighboring Madripoor have dot, 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 committing human rights violations. Uh-oh. So Madripoor is going to figure into this. Very cool. It's a very X-Men place. Very cool. Very, very Love cool. It. Oh, yeah, right. Yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And and Wolver- isn't Wolverine kind of yes. in there, too? Yes. Too? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to introduce Wolverine in this series. But no, they like- are. <laughs> They are. They next are. episode. It's happening yeah. next episode. You're the city right. is shaped like a hexagon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I'm so the sorry. The city is, sh- is is shaped like um, his claws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the president's name is Vincent Mephisto. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Okay. Now the third one, and perhaps the most consequential, yeah. in my opinion. So there is a... A, a brief shot of what looks kind of like a, a file, uh, a clipping from somebody's file. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, and it shows the actor Carl Lumbly. Yes. Who has been rumored, rumored to be playing Isaiah Bradley. Right. Who oh. from the comics, it's the, he is the first black Captain America. Yes. Right. Yes. And he was introduced in a popular miniseries called Truth, Red, White, and Black. Mm. And it's... Uh, it was inspired by the inf- uh, the infamous Tuskegee study where the U.S. government secretly continued super soldiers' experiments on black Americans after the creation of Steve Rogers. Right. Mm. And Bradley was the sole survivor, but he was imprisoned after he dared to wear the colors of Captain America. So they're definitely mm. going to dig into that, and it's going to be... Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Was there a black Captain America around the time think, no. Steve was created? Yeah, and honestly, I, I'm, I'm so excited still alive? to dig into that. Because I think it's going to be... Like, if they kept yeah. that under wraps and, like, what that means. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, there he is. Yeah. I mean, t- talking talk about casting a pall over the, kind of the, the, the purity of Steve... It has nothing to do with Steve Rogers, but the purity of how he was created. And mm-hmm. Right. And that there's always another shoe to drop, and yeah, I'm very interested to see how they uh, maneuver through that. And I, I mean, I'm that's sure a disturbing it's... development, but super interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. very Ooh. exciting. All and and this is happening in the backdrop of while we're presuming that Sam and Bucky are doing their avenging duties, mm-hmm. and yeah. and they're you know it's, uh, Bucky's dealing with his PTSD, and Sam is dealing with. Uh, being denied by his country right yeah. the very country he is continuing to serve to serve yeah right Oof. and dealing what it is to be a bipoc man too and mm-hmm. living in the country exactly so. uh, yeah 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 so that's very... where that's where we are uh i'm um, oh I'm... and you know I, there was one other thing too that i noticed um when they showed a picture of uh the new captain america um it, I think it like in sort of like light lettering, like written over his face, like it says manufactured hero or something like that. Yeah. Which I was like that, you mm-hmm. know, interesting. And also who wrote that? There's yeah, there's going to be so many different kind of storylines at play because we talked about Zemo. Who's uh, is, is he involved with the Flag Smashers or is he still on his own personal vendetta? Because you hear in one of the trailers when he says uh, superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. So he's continuing his Vendetta. attack on them and holding them accountable Vendetta. for the death of his family. And and I love that, and this is where we kind of 
need to be cautious about like the overarching theories mm-hmm. that like again <laughs> my my stupid prediction that somehow Falcon Winter Soldier would tie directly into the mystical elements of WandaVision. I don't think that that stuff is happening, but I'm super interested to see how each of these corners, just as it did for the first 23 movies, mm-hmm. all come together for the next great conundrum. Yeah. Yep. They're all solving their own different problems, but eventually they're all going to have to come back together in some new configuration, and I cannot freaking wait. So exciting. Yes. Love it. I love this character development. It's Um, very, very gratifying. So that that was episode one of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We did it, you guys. Uh, Yeah. As we've said, um, we're going to continue outside the Tauntaun. One, because we love talking about Marvel, but two... Yeah. Several of you have responded to to this series and, and enjoy it. So we'll continue it. But uh, we are here to assure you that our Star Wars programming will continue on as normal. So it is very likely you will get a, you'll be getting biweekly episodes of Inside the Tauntaun. And yes. uh, pick and choose what you like. Listen to all of it if you actually care about us. And, um, <laughs> wow. and we're glad you're here. I yes. thought you cared. <laughs> Like and subscribe. Yes, thanks so much for listening and being a part of this crazy world of ours. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm Alyssa Simmons. And I'm Daniel Dawson. And I'm Dino Nicandros. May the force be with you. Always. See you.